When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A listener production. Hey, I'm Pro Surfer and mental health advocate Cooper Chapman, and this is Good Humans. Usually on Good Humans, I chat to people about the skills that they used to build their mental resilience. But on this episode, is someone who taught me and many of the surfers on this podcast that those skills even exist. Surfing Australia's lead sports psychologist, Jason Patchell. Jason is a guru of mental resilience. He shared with me so many skills that I use every day, like letting go, discovering your values, and the benefit of reflection. And I'm sure by listening to this episode, you'll learn many of those skills too. First of all, I just want to say thanks for coming on, Jace. It's an absolute pleasure, Coops. I, yeah, I've enjoyed enjoyed working with you um, throughout the years, and I'm I'm really happy to share and you know and support this beautiful podcast. I think it's a great cause and some great messages. So let's do it. Something that we worked on this year that I think has been so crucial is letting go. I mean, I'll let you sort of explain a little bit why you think I need to let go, but I came to you at the start of this year and said, I'm doing all these things that I think are right in the world. I'm obviously doing these things in the mental resilience and mental health arena. I feel like I'm trying to put so much positivity in the world and it was almost like I was communicating to you that I was really strung up and I was holding so much energy and I guess the words expectation of myself and expectation of the universe to give back to me. Why did you let me know that letting go is so important? Yeah, um, I'm really glad that you you know you internalised that that message. I think it's one of the, probably the, one of the most important messages to be able to to action. I think, it, but it's also probably one of the most complex too, because it kind of runs counter to a lot of our our drives and a lot of kind of what we're taught socially in society through our models to keep hold of, to keep driving towards. So I guess letting go to me is you let go to engage more fully. And I think when when we're unable to let go because we're so wrapped up in, in striving, it can hold us back. Yeah, it can restrict, it can keep us preoccupied. We're not fully open to any experience. We're not surrendering to the moment. And I say that in a really active sense, not a passive surrender, but an active surrender. And I think we, we fully embrace what the, the moment actually uh, has to offer, both in our craft, in ourselves, in our environments, when we're able to master this, this capacity to, to let go. So I see letting go as a really, um, a really helpful way to be more engaged in a moment because what we let go is often an ideal uh, of what we want the situation to be, an outcome, an expectation. And if we can 
develop a capacity to let go of those things, we create more space to move and, and to be agile and to open up to, and do what we need and really want to do. So it's a, it's a tough thing, you know, intellectually to, to understand, but then to emotionally execute in a moment, particularly under stress. And when we have these things that we're really invested in, um, goals and these aspirations. But I think if we can understand it and then start to practice it and then, you know, appreciate the value that it can bring, yeah, I think it can be a wonderful skill. What skill do you have or what sort of advice do you have for someone that is struggling to let go? I think, so obviously, you know, what we're talking about in, in, in letting go is firstly an awareness, a self-awareness of, of thoughts, of kind of that, that thing in our, in our head that, that likes to chat, chatter. Um, it's often quite unhelpful, um, particularly in stressful situations. But firstly, it's an awareness of, of that voice upstairs. And we need to be able to get more in touch with our, our internal dialogue to understand what we're kind of grasping onto and what we're getting a bit grabby with. So that's the first step. Now, you know, an entry into that is often just mindfulness. I think being more mindful, practicing mindfulness in, you know, not, not only mindfulness meditation, that's, that's one, one component of, of that, but just being more mindful in our days. So what I mean by that is, is being more um, sensory anchored um, or, or more connected with our senses, our, our smells, our tactile sense, our auditory or hearing sense, um, connecting with our breath. Um, so finding there's always value in um, slowing the daily pace of life down to be able to connect with ourselves and our senses and then that will facilitate some really good awareness. It will facilitate a uh, a more connected experience with the moment and within that there's an element of letting go yeah because I think to connect with the present we have to let go of 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 the future or the past and so that's kind of wrapped up in that I would suggest. So with psychology I guess there's a bit of a I'd say stigma around it that if you go and see a psychologist you're like, not sick but there's something going on, there's something wrong with you. And I think that, I guess, stems back to the problem we have almost with mental health, I guess, right now in Australia. What's your take on, I guess, the average person's perception of a psychologist? Mm. Mental health and, and, our, and, and, and our emotional experience is a very private experience. And I think there is a lot of shame attached to what people feel. And I think there are certain rules about that we, we kind of unhelpfully engage in, um, that there's certain things we should feel and that are good and there are certain things that we shouldn't feel and that are shameful. And I think when it comes to feeling those normal, very appropriate feelings like anger and sadness and shame and fear and anxiety, all those quite appropriate feelings that show up from um, just being a human being, living in a in a challenging world yeah there's a layer of shame which which makes it really hard particularly for males i felt um to create enough courage to to work to to want to work and invest time and energy to work through that um i think i think it's really important i think um seeking help in all different capacities when we're unwell when we're not 
when we just want to you know, uh, enhance ourselves, when we want to learn about ourselves, when we want to grow. And, and I think we're, we're not fully doing that if we don't explore our psychological components, our, our kind of internal worlds, not only our external worlds. It, it's definitely a challenge. I think in sport, I feel while there's probably more, a few more unique yet challenges, I think we're kind of getting there, we're kind of winning the battle a little in the sense of starting to see uh, the psychological conditions and, and the skills involved to be a little bit more performance related. They, they can kind of, it can, it can fit into that um, and people can justify that and, and it's a bit safer. I think um, you know, this is what this podcast is about, man. You know, like getting it out there that we all feel all different things at all different times, and it's always better to connect with what shows up and to work through that, and to seek help and be vulnerable, because that's the paradox of life. I did my mental health first aid course recently, and something that we got taught is how important listening is. I'm going to touch on that a little bit with you. Something that I've noticed that you do so well and I do so poorly is listen. You can sit there and listen and engage so well. How important is listening when it comes to, I guess, not only helping yourself but helping the person that just wants to open up to you? Yeah, wow. It's, that's a really important, absolutely fundamental component. Um, and, I, and obviously there's, there's, there's skills within listening but I think the big one I think you, that you feel is just the sense of being heard. And as human beings, I think we all, we all crave that, you know. We all crave for someone to really understand us and um, really hear us, not only listen but hear what we're saying or feeling. And, yeah, I think I, I, um, it's a big part of, of what I do is to create a safe space to be able to first understand and listen and um and i think what the challenge that i often see is you know when we listen to someone that we have a relationship with or care about we not only listening or while we're trying to listen we're also wanting to fix and help and solve um and so i think sometimes that's relevant sometimes it's really important but i think also there's times when um we just actually need to manage our own sense of kind of helplessness and and be able to to just empathize and through listening and creating space for the other and there's room for you to work through whatever you need to work through yeah yeah it's really really nicely put i mean i know it's so important for me and it's really cool how you put it to like people like to be heard and the person who sits back and listens and observes is kind of the one who usually has it probably a bit more sorted out than the guy who really needs to be heard and it's, it's something, yeah. It's, and I guess when I say heard, I also often, often what people say, um, when, you know, there's a deeper meaning and there's a deeper uh, feeling or there's a deeper message that's, that sits below the surface and I think that's what I try to listen to and pay attention to is not only, and it's important to hear what they're saying but also yeah, to really deeply empathise with that person and appreciate where they're actually coming from, their histories, um, their situation, how they could be potentially experiencing that moment. Um, and I think that all contributes to, to that person probably feel, hopefully, in my case, is feeling really understood and heard. 
Yeah, what sort of advice, tricks and tips would you have for someone who has a friend, like it's going to happen to almost all of us at some point in our life, we're going to have an uneasy conversation where somebody's going to open up to us about something that we might not be, I guess, not ready to hear, but we might not have the right advice and we just spit out advice for the sake of it. What sort of advice do you have someone if somebody does open up to them and they don't really understand, I guess, what's going on and how to answer that? First of all, I'd probably say, you know, in some of those critical times communication is not is only it's not only verbal it's non-verbal and and so i think sometimes when when we're in those critical moments the non-verbal communication can be so much more powerful too and it can be often what's not said and and obviously if it's appropriate you know the the eye contact the the body posture the you know the touch to really let people know that you're here and connected and really available is is really powerful and i think sometimes honesty you know like i think if if we're not sure what to say sometimes just saying that <laughs> it sounds a bit bizarre but look i i'm i don't know how to respond here and, and just asking the question is what would be best for you right now how can i best support you if, if we don't I think we sometimes we feel like we need to have the answers before we know what's actually going on and how we can best support. Uh, silence is really powerful. And obviously when used appropriately, um, you know, you don't need, you often don't need to say too much in some of those moments. It's just, you know, sometimes if it's a heavy moment, just acknowledging that, wow, that's a heavy, that's, this is rough, man. Because you can feel that. People can feel when someone's being genuine and, and authentic and raw and vulnerable. And if you're vulnerable together, well, that's strength in numbers right there. And, and connect with that kind of courageous part of you that we all have and take that first step. So you say to connect with that courageous part. That's kind of the first step. How do you find that courageous part for that person? That, I'm just going to spit the same question back at you. How do you find that courageous part to go and do that? Because I know we all have it in us, but... Yeah, I guess I, when we talk about courage, um, courage doesn't exist without fear. Courage doesn't exist without vulnerability. And so I think when I talk about courage, I talk about it's, it's, it's in the midst of fear. It's in the midst of being really frightened and feeling overwhelmed is. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When we need to be able to acknowledge that experience, but also acknowledge that there's more to us than just that. And I like to talk about wisdom. And and wisdom exists, you know, outside of, of felt emotions and if we can bring in an element of of what's our wisdom telling us in this moment what are we really what's really important to us in this in this critical moment when we're feeling scared when we're feeling anxious 
and we don't, when we're having doubts about what's going to happen next, if we can just start to navigate the first step and kind of let go of, of all the things that could happen wrong and all the, the dangers and risks and things and be guided by our courage and wisdom, that I think my, my belief is we all have that. We all have it in us to understand what's important to us. Maybe we need to probably, some of us need to spend more time kind of reflecting and crystallising what that is in different situations. But I think we all, we all know what's probably good for us in the long term. And I think when we're in those moments, those more emotionally charged moments, working through those moments with support if needed, could just be a trusted friend or whoever uh, to be able to, to know what's the first, first important step is really important. It seems like almost everybody goes through this stage. It goes in almost cycles where you go through, I guess you'd say you lose yourself and lose touch of what matters and that's when it seems like from the conversations I've had, people are unhappy. How do you tell your sort of patients and people like myself and people who you work with, how do you teach them to, to reflect, I guess? I think the first challenge is actually making time and, and to not know where it might go. So just being, you know, you dedicate 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be long at the end of the day. Um, but that 10 minutes is going to be sitting down with a pen and paper. And I like writing. I think when we write, um, it, it, yeah, there's something about writing for me that, um, and I've found in just the work that I, I do, that it consolidates things. If you have to write it on paper, you've got to crystallise and discern and that's, that's a pretty powerful process. So, yeah, write, write it down. And I think one of the keys around reflection is that we don't put any parameters on it, that we kind of allow our reflective capacity to, to just take where it needs to go and, and there's no right or wrong. And so we, we kind of, we're non-judgmental in the way we go about it. It's, there's no right way to, to think or wrong way to do. It's you're reflecting on, on both the things that you've picked up, your observations, your insights, maybe some things that you might have um, consolidated from some conversations or from observations. But you're also reflecting on how you've interacted with your environment uh, in the world. So, you know, things that you might have done that were perhaps beneficial, things that you might have done or uh, interacted with that perhaps had an impact, a negative impact. And we know that, that the top elite athletes are, have a really good reflective capacity. They're constantly reflecting and we call it kind of the self-regulation skills. And so that's why we're kind of really trying to bring it into to the sport. But we also know surfing, you know, there's so many different variables. There's so many, it's so fluid that our capacities to reflect on, on experience to be able to discern what's, what was really relevant and what wasn't is absolutely critical to being able to grow and improve and accelerate learning. And I think that's what all comes down to having a really good capacity uh, and making time for, for reflection. How important is it staying in your own light, mm. not be too caught up on other sort of people's external, I guess, distractions and external motivators to make you, I guess, be who you are? We're doing a lot of work in the last 12 months about getting athletes, particularly the juniors, to be a lot more connected with their values, um, both in and out of the water. And, and what does their personal brand stand for? 
that's a really personal question. And so, you know, we, we give athletes the time and the space and the support to be able to kind of work through what that is and discover that because I don't think you can really choose. It's kind of a more of a discovery. You've already, you already value those things based on your upbringing and, and, but I think the clearer you are with what those things are and what it stands for and what you stand for, then you can use it as a bit of a, a roadmap to making decisions. And I think when we do that, um, we feel more meaning in life. And I think happiness is really important, but I think sometimes if we chase happiness, we can fear unhappiness. And while happiness is important, I like to look at meaning and, and is, you know, are you living a life, um, you know, full of meaning? And meanings, I think for me, it's about connecting with what really matters to you. And so being aware of that, discovering that, and then actually starting to action that. And sometimes that means making you know, hard calls, having critical conversations, um, prioritizing, saying no, doing all those things that eh, are a little bit unpleasant. But at the end of the day, if that's taking you towards a more meaningful life, then it's really valuable. What sort of questions do you ask your athletes to ask themselves to find that meaning? We first do some education around distinguishing values from goals. Um, Because I think that's when people kind of say, you know, what do you value? People often, the first response will be a goal, a destination. I want to qualify or I want to win an event or I want to be a world title um, holder. Uh, And and I guess the first piece is we we look at goals are destinations and values are directions. So just like a compass, you can kind of go west, but you can never get west. And, and goals are kind of, you know, I'm, I'm going west, but I'm going to Makaha. Uh, that's my goal. And, but, but going west is my value. And so we, we help athletes distinguish goals are really important. It's great to have them and we need to have them sometimes, but we can't, well, we can't underscore the value of values. And, and so we, we go on a bit of discovery with them. And I guess the questions that we ask are you know, at the end of, end of your career, what do you want to be known for? Other than, you know, other than the results and what you've achieved, how else? How, describe how you want to be kind of known and remembered. Um, and so that a question around looking past your career or past what's, what, what do you really want to be known, what's really important to you? We also kind of ask some questions around how people, because you know, often our emotions are a good clue to what we really value. Uh, and you know, if someone's getting angry or frustrated or agitated uh, or anxious, there's often something in there that's happening that maybe it conflicts with what's really valuable to them. And so we kind of try and zoom in on, on some of those scenarios um, and build some awareness around what might be going on there and then try to discover some things that might be really valuable to them. And, and on the flip side, things that are really joyful, things that they really felt a sense of, of calmness and, and happiness when they were engaging in. And we try and zoom in and unpack that around, yeah, what, what might be going on there to help them discover and crystallize what, what might be a value that, that might be important. And then how are we actually feeling when we do still and when we do slow down, 
So I think a lot of us get into the habit of just keep keep moving, um, and for perhaps some sometimes for fear of when we do slow down, what might show up, and and so we keep chasing the next thing. and And I think you know there's always value as it might be pretty scary, but to actually slow down and see what does show up and to seek support if needed, to be a little bit vulnerable. And, you know, if there's some unhappiness there about something, then to to kind of work work out why. And if that's related to the direction you're going or or how you're interacting with something or someone, then yeah, work towards improving that. You know, and, and some basic ways around that could be to just start engaging more mindfully so you know just slowing down to take take better self-care um it's something we often um humans are notoriously bad at is really taking care of ourselves keeping regular exercise nutrition um are all parts of good good self-care and so kind of starting to prioritize that is is also so important and then, yeah, and then, you know, creating a relationship with someone, you know, whether it's a professional psychologist or just with friends where you can actually be yourself. You don't have to act. You don't have to – you can be authentic. You can be vulnerable. You can, you can talk about things that, that are really matter to you. And I think, you know, we're all social creatures and so the human connection is fundamental to our well-being. And the more we isolate, the more we really strain our, our – our well-being reserves. So I think we, you know, stay connected, create a safe environment relationship um, where you can both be vulnerable in those those spaces and start to prioritise your well-being. Can you touch on that kind of process of, I guess, being kind to yourself to know that it's not going to happen overnight? Mm. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, the, the relationship with yourself is, is absolutely fundamental. Um, and I think, you know, what we often find with athletes is they, they develop a quite a critical relationship with themselves, quite a hypercritical, and, and that's really functional in their early early years, kind of tapped into their drive and their, you know, want to be really better. And But then as they get older, yeah, that needs to be kind of unlearned and a more mature relationship needs to establish so that they can perhaps, you know, find a more nuanced approach to their performance because it's, you know, that's that's when you're dealing with such a fluid process at the top level, and so you get a because you know if you're not kind yourself, then you lose connection, you get a more emotional, a more frustrated, and that all takes you back, and and you can start engaging in you know, stories that that aren't relevant to what you're doing, and I think you know. We all, we all talk about challenging fears and being vulnerable. Um, there's also a space to, to not as well. And, I, I, you know, we kind of, when I work with athletes, we often talk about a pyramid where, you know, we often want to get to the top of the pyramid where, you know, we, where we're kind of, we're challenging our fears and we're being really vulnerable in scary scenarios and we're hitting that kind of, hitting the edge, the boundary of, of our capacity and that's the fun place um, for high performance but can't always be doing that and and that takes a lot of energy at ourselves and so we like to kind of need to build the foundation of the pyramid and that's through taking care of yourself that's through protecting yourself and and really investing in in joy and happiness and connection and slowing things down and so all that stuff relates to 
kind of your decision making and your willingness to to face some of those fears uh, at the top of the pyramid. But it's all connected. You can't have one without the other, and you have to you have to you know um, really prioritise your mental health, your well being, uh, your self care, out of the water or out of the office to be able to then get your most out of yourself when it counts. Yeah, that's so cool. I guess we all get put in situations where we're uncomfortable and the more that foundation is laid, the, I guess, bigger the opportunity to have an impact with the situation we're about to be faced with is, I feel like, quite a nice way to put it. If you don't have that foundation, you don't have that kind of net and it doesn't give you the opportunity to be as free and to take the risks that you probably would want to take if you had that foundation so yeah thanks so much Jace I mean this has been really cool just I mean every time we get to have a chat it's so nice it feels like it goes in about five minutes but it's just thanks for listening I guess for all the times that I've kind of spat out my junk to you and putting me back together when I've needed to and I mean anything else you want to say or are we just going snorkeling right now (laughs) mate that was beautifully put so well done no I'm it's a pleasure to be here it's a pleasure to to have a conversation with you and I'm just oh, it's just so cool to see you doing what you're doing it's just it's a cool really cool vibe to be involved thanks Good Humans was presented by me Cooper Chapman producer Alex Mitchell audio production by Darcy Thompson Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.